Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey, hey, welcome to Rooted Deep Podcast. Allie and I are here, and man, Allie, it's it's just been a crazy couple weeks. I know you have been all over the place, I think. You're kind of doing the, you know, I've been everywhere man song. I have been. I was thankful to have finally recovered from COVID and that I missed a few meetings from that, got back down to the Dominican, got healthy, and then just started another kind of a little bit of a whirlwind tour, just really representing Mercy, being able to get back out there and just tell people about the ministry. And I've really enjoyed it. I um, Sometimes I, you know, I hug my puppies on the way out the door and uh, and I don't get to see them for a couple of weeks. And I, yeah. obviously I hug my, do- my, my husband as well, but um, right. Right. Anyway, but I know the church, the church t- definitely takes care of him. If I'm traveling, they are, uh, he tells me that people show up with spaghetti sauce and spaghetti. <laughs> so, so uh-huh. he is very, very well. Apparently I left him, I leave him frozen lasagna every time I go somewhere. And apparently two other people thought that that would be important. And so when I got back, he was like, okay, I'm sick of lasagna. Can we not have lasagna for a while? Because that is he had funny. To- so it's been a good trip, though. Yeah, because Gary likes the lasagnas and the spaghettis, and he's a pasta guy, right? He's definitely a pasta guy, and I am not so much. So I just I'm thankful when when he gets his fill of of the spaghettis and the fettuccines, <laughs> and I'm like, keep that away from me, because I would if I liked it, I would overeat it, and that's not that's not good for anybody. I don't think. No, no, I know. I, I've been doing the graduation stints, so <sighs> I've got all the nieces and nephews and everybody is this is the kind of the year so I've got one nephew that graduated from college um and so we went for that next week I'm leaving to go and do my other nephew who's graduated from high school uh so it's just been you know and then I had another you know Lisa who's on staff her niece graduates on Monday night so I'm going to that graduation Mm -hmm. so I've just been sitting in, in graduations, listening to 10,000 names being called for people I don't know and don't right. care about. And for the I, one. I just get to, right, just the just, one person. Just for the one, right. Just the one. Yeah, and that's, and you always give like a nice graduation gift, a book that you like to, I mean, and so you probably, do you just keep a stack in your closet for years like this or what? what's that? Well, you know, with this being my, my nephews and I've done a, um, you know, some cool stuff with them just to try to spend some time with them. Cause it seems like there's that little bump in the road there where Mm. they're off and you just, they, I don't know, they graduate from high school and it's like, they're kind of, you don't see them as much anymore. Right. Cause they've got, they've kind of created a life for themselves. Mm So, um, so I try to do something cool with each one, uh, just to kind of spend some time with them and hang out with them and do some things that are good. But yeah, I do. I love, uh, there's a book uh, by Andy Andrews called The Traveler's Gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've even talked about it, I think, on a book interview. Yeah. But it's just a great gift for grads. Yeah. Um, it's a cool fiction book. But, you know, I don't know if you've read a lot of Andy Andrews. but uh, And this is not a book review. Uh, but we'll promo Andy here for a second. But honestly, his stuff is so good. It's yeah. just it's just like it's like reading. It's like Proverbs and fiction. It's like, you know, all these wisdom nuggets tucked yeah. in all uh, this great storyline. So yeah. yeah, that that's so good though. I mean, we had you've had your family time. We had we just had a family wedding, which was was cool. The family wedding was up in um in, in the Pensacola area. And some of you may know, some of you may be shocked that I was I graduated from Pensacola Christian. And so it was funny to go back to those 
to that area. I hadn't been there in about 20 years, but the okay. beaches on the Gulf are just gorgeous. Oh, don't and you love it? Oh, I just yeah. that sugary mm. sand on the on the mm-hmm. Emerald Coast. And so it was so funny because I couldn't get, if you've been to Pensacola Christian College or if you know anybody who has, there's a boys beach and a girls beach. Like the girls, <laughs> the girls can't go. And so we were eating dinner one night and I looked up, I'm like, we're at Fort Pickens. This is the girls beach. This is where we would always come and go to the beach because it would all be nothing but Pensacola Christian College girls with our little one piece suits, you know, and. Um, oh, how cute. And some of us would bring books because we thought we would study on the beach, but that never happened. And then my, but my nephew actually got married on Navarre beach. And that's, and as soon as they said Navarre beach, I'm like, that's the boys beach. And I've never even, I had never even stepped foot on Navarre beach. We weren't allowed to in college. And so so I'm enjoying the family wedding, but I'm also going, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. I'm not allowed to be here. That lifeguard, that lifeguard just waved at us. We're not supposed to have anything to do with boys. And I was, I was like, was transported back into that, my you were, Yeah, transpa- yeah. transported back to that, uh, that wonderful, weird era of <laughs> four years that you spend in college, right? Exactly. But the, the, the family, the family wedding was nice. And my, um, my nephew was just, uh, he married into it, just a lovely, uh, lovely young woman. And we're excited for him. And uh, it was just, I mean, it was a really God honoring wedding. He had his Love youth it. pastor. She had her youth pastor there. And my dad officiated, which was adorable. He officiated. I think he kept his shoes and socks on, but everybody else on the beach were where we were all barefoot. So barefoot. Really yeah. yeah. He just kind of loved it. I and mean, the beach is just my place. I'm yeah. just telling you. I, um, yeah. It, you know, if I could have any luxury item in yeah. my lifetime, it would be a place on the beach. That would be my luxury item of choice, you know. Um, okay. But I've asked Jesus, when I die and we go to heaven and on the new earth, yes. could you just put me somewhere by the beach? Yeah, um, exactly. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's not asking too much. I don't think know. so. It's heaven, I think right? It's heaven. It, should be, it, it should be heaven. It should be feel like it should feel like heaven. And I know yeah. my husband says that West Virginia is almost heaven, but I'm like, that's just because it's not quite heaven. Yeah, that's yeah and I think that's just a line from a John Denver song, really. <laughs> but they're so they're so proud of it. It's everywhere. I know. Almost heaven. Um, but yeah, so we were excited about, but you know, that was a family wedding and then we got to, uh, I got to kind of break away from there and go do some traveling a little bit for mercy. Mm-hmm. I got to speak at Trinity Bible college. They're, um, they're, uh, one of their final chapels, poor things. They were very nice to listen to me, but they were all thinking about their final exams. I know mm-hmm. that, you know, and so got to spend some time in Jacksonville and, um, I was just really thankful to meet other organizations and other ministries that are doing something similar to mercy and to what mm-hmm. Dare for is doing. It was just exciting to, to hear their stories and sit and talk, talk about how oh, that happened to you. Cause that exact same thing happened to us, or we're struggling with this. What, sure. you know, how do you, so that was, I worked with three, uh, not work. They just met up with rethreaded, um, is an organization in Jacksonville, which was just an amazing, or they have yeah. a therapy area, but they also have just this product line of, of products and um that's cool and a store and they just uh, the quality control and this this huge factory and i just i it was just fun to watch just a really big organization that's run by survivors and um of trafficking and right in downtown jacksonville and uh and so that was just really fun and then hadassah's hope is another organization that we've connected with and they are in all all but one of the strip clubs in jacksonville and they just go and take dinner to the dressing rooms at the strip clubs and just get to know the women that, mm. um, that are in this, in that industry and, and, and help them transition out and stand on their own. And so we got to actually just sit down and drink coffee and, and talk about, and there's so many similarities. You would not, if you would think of a strip club in Jacksonville, Florida, 
versus the streets of San Pedro, Dominican Republic. There were so many similarities that we could really talk about Ooh, and, and connect on. It was, it was, it was just really good and just have new partners to pray for you and the new partners that you're praying for. So that was kind of an exciting um, trip, uh, you know, to, to kind of end on before we get started in the summertime here. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of conversations lately with other leaders of ministries that are doing things either similar to what we're doing or maybe slightly different, but they've mm-hmm. just been doing it for a really long time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's so cool when, you know, especially the body of Christ, I think it's so cool when people are like, you know what, I'm not territorial. I'm yeah. not protecting my my assets uh, or my world. It's mm-hmm. like, how can I help you? And yeah. um, let me tell you what I've learned. Let me tell you what we've done. Let me tell you what mm-hmm. didn't work and what to, you know, what worked. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, really in the long run of it all, that enables that new, that new work, that new ministry, that, mm-hmm. that new step to be more successful, which right. is really what we should all be striving for. And each other is success, right? Exactly. You know, we yeah. cheering each other on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in whatever areas we're in. So I love to hear stories like that because it's the same thing that's happening for us right now. Uh, yeah. As we're trying to, you know, get going in Guatemala, we're waiting mm-hmm. on that final paperwork, uh, which yeah. honestly today, uh, we're hoping to hear back today okay. from that final yeah. paperwork. And uh, they keep asking us to step through one more hoop and we just mm-hmm. keep, you know, that's okay. <laughs> but um, we're hoping that we're, we're, we've done all the hoops and uh, yeah. and we can finally get that final piece of paperwork that's going to allow us to push the gas pedal to the floor. Right. Yeah. But. But yeah, so enjoy the enjoy the lull, though. You know, sometimes you're just like, oh, when mm. that gas pedal hits, it's going to be. Yeah, no, it's true. That's yeah. true. But then we and we had a, a a husband of a of a woman that we've been helping in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. We, he got saved last week. Oh wow, that That's was incredible. Awesome. Um, because she was like, my whole home is different. Yeah, yeah. That's what and that's what Jesus does. The transformation that, yeah. is exciting. Yeah. That's so really anyway, cool. so yeah, so it's been good. So everything has been good. Well, you know, we've got. Uh, we're getting ready to interview Damaris Carbach mm-hmm. for the podcast today. And I'm really pumped about that. Damaris is such a cool person. We've known her for such a long time. Yeah. And talk about hitting the gas. I mean, it seems like as I feel like every time we're with her, as soon as we start talking to her, she's just got the joy of the Lord and she just starts. And oh, yeah. so, you know, obviously she's probably going to do that with us today and we're just going to sit back and just soak yeah. it all in. That's going to be really, it's going to be really exciting. I know. Well, you know, she's Puerto Rican. And she's mm-hmm. from New York. So she's yeah. a Puerto Rican New Yorker. Yeah. Okay. And so just hang on to yes. your seats because that's, it's so much fun uh, to talk to her. Uh, so I don't know, you ready to talk to Damaris for a little bit? I am. I'm excited. Let's go. All right. Well, let's do this thing. Let's talk to Damaris Garbaugh. This is Reba, and welcome to Rooted Deep. Uh, I am here with Allison today, and we've got an incredible special guest that you're not going to want to miss this particular podcast. Uh, We're so excited to have an old friend with us today, Uh, and I don't mean she's old because of her age. I mean, we've just been friends for a really long time, and uh, so uh, she is Damaris Carbaugh. And many of you, you'll recognize maybe that name. You'll be like, oh, I think I, who, how do I know Damaris Carbaugh? Well, uh, you know, I love her story, which she's going to share with us today. So boy, this is going to be so good for you to hear her story, but she's known really the heights of success in the New York recording community. So she's sung on commercial jingles for some of the biggest advertisers, including Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Kentucky Fried Chicken, 
Minute Maid, and then we, and, and, and even Wrigley's Double Mint Gum. All right. Um, and yet, you know, as we talk to Damaris today, you're going to find that the desire of her heart is to be a servant of Christ. And she made this statement, I don't want a career. I want to be faithful. And so it's not, I don't think it's, it, it, there's any irony lost as to probably one of her most famous Christian recordings is he's been faithful okay. and uh, with the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. And so Damaris, welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad you're here. It's my joy to see you, Reba. People don't see you, but it's right. my joy with you, Reba, and to be with you, Allie. It's so yes, precious. So thankful that you're there in the DR. And uh, it's a special place for me, too. Um, but I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you to talk about the Lord, how good he's been, how he is still teaching me, how no matter how old you get, there's still stuff. If you're still alive, it's because there's room for growth and there's <laughs> for correction and there's room for you know he's not done he's not done with us so um, i'm thrilled to be with you both um to share this this day what god is still doing still doing one of the things i love damaris about just speaking to you is you can't help just smiling every time you talk you start talking and even if it's something serious and even if it's something there's still just a joy that kind of and we've talked about joy before reba haven't we about even though you're going through these yeah. trials there's there's got to be this deep rooted joy that kind of comes through and i feel like damaris just has that so we're just oh. excited to hear your story today yeah absolutely i remember damaris when you we a long time you know as we've been we worked together for so many years there with dare for more live and damaris would come and she would sing, she would preach, she would give her testimony, she would share. And I mean, women are just, they're, they're crying one minute, they're laughing the next mm -hmm. minute. And it was like, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And then one time I totally lost my voice and, uh, and Damaris was there and I'm like, all right, Damaris, I think you're, I think you're going to take over and do all the sessions. I'm not even, wow. I, don't, I don't even have to blink about this. And really a lot of this is kind of what you're doing now it yeah. is, you know, uh, is, you're almost speaking now really more than you're singing. Um, and God has kind of pivoted that ministry, but really kind of, kind of just launch into this Damaris with us. Uh, we want to hear your story. We want to hear how God is just what he's done in your heart and life over the years. He's been so good, Reba. I had the most beautiful childhood. You know, my grandfather was a pastor. My parents were missionaries. I spent three years in my childhood in Puerto Rico, second, third, and fourth grade of elementary school came back. My mom worked alongside her father in a church in the South Bronx, Spanish-speaking church. That's why I'm bilingual. It's not like my parents taught me, but because life, church life was always in Spanish until like the age of 15. Yeah. Um, so, so thank the Lord for that, because that had nothing to do with anything. And it's in the sense of just, it's the accident of my birth that I'm Puerto Rican and I have one Italian grandfather. <laughs> so we have a lot more rice and beans and spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I know that you've been doing these, these podcasts and, and you're, you're talking about being deeply rooted in God's word. Psalm one tells us that, right? The joys of those who don't take the advice of the wicked, stand around with sinners, join in with mockers, you know, basically that you're not really, you're not getting your advice or your goals from people who have absolutely no fear of God. You know, the but beloved Apostle John, he puts it kind of another way. He goes, you can't love the world. You can't mm -hmm. love the world and love God. You can't. And 
when I was um, talking to you a little earlier, I would, the, my testimony almost becomes clearer to me as the years go by. Because I remember saying, you know, I just, I just, uh, I wanted this and I wanted that, but I didn't think there was anything wrong with being rich and famous. I just wanted my kids to have a great education, live in a beautiful home. And, uh, you know, I just, well, well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing, you know, wrong with that. But the root of that was not really good. The root of that was loving, in a, in a way, what the world um, makes a big deal out of. Um, you know, it's just, you know, you got to have the best house, you got to have the best car, you got to have the best clothes, you got to, you know, just kind of competing in this, this, you know, we don't see it as that terrible, but it really is loving the world, loving what they think. You know, I think of when, you know, that when you just said um, a little bit about my bio about, you know, I sang jingles, I did a lot of backup singing also for, for stars, you know, like when they need the oohs and the ahs behind their songs. <laughs> You know, I worked with Barry Manilow. I worked with, um, um, I, well, I got to meet Burt Backrack. I actually worked as backup singer for an album, not, not on a show or anything. Dion Warwick. There's a bunch of people that I can mention to, and a lot of Latin stars too, like Willie Colon, who's still traveling, big salsa star, blah, blah, blah. But you know, when I was working with them many, many years ago, you know, it was like, oh, look, look who I'm working with. Like, I was impressed with them. Now, <laughs> 34 years later, my heart breaks. Yeah. They're talented, but they're lost. Mm. Yeah. And there should be nothing, nothing about what they have in a way that I envy. Nothing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they have nothing. They have nothing. They have what, when the Lord comes, you can't take anything with you. It's only our love for the Lord and knowing him well that really matters, you know. And I'm, I mean, I'm thankful for my home. It's not, it's not like, I, you know, but it's just, I realize how much I love the world. And if you love the world and the things that the world offers, and like I'm saying, I'm not poo-pooing, <laughs> looking nice. Right. <laughs> a, 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 a nice home. That's not what I mean. I think, I think those that are listening, I think you know what I mean. But it's what mm. drives you sometimes. It's just this, this gotta have, this. And I, I remember, it's like becoming clearer to me. And then. When the Lord finally did get a hold of my heart, I, I should say when he started to get a hold of my heart, <laughs> when I started to understand, okay, I'm really wrong. So how do I get right? And I felt like the Lord said, you need to know me, Damaris. You love, you now know me, you love me, you've repented, but you really don't know me. And it says in a second Timothy's, one of my favorite verses that all scripture is inspired by God, useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I love the NLT for me, putting it that mm -hmm. way. It teaches wrong in our lives, but then it says this, um, it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Um, so when I, when I meet young people or when I meet older people in the sense that I can still kind of, I can, it's, it's funny, I can smell it. I can I can tell can just tell when they're just driven by very much a a worldly desire. I mean, sometimes we try to cover up with kind of calling it something else, but it's a worldly desire. But what I I pray that the Lord will do is not help me remember how long I was there and how he took me out in the sense of showing me how long I was through his word and that I would be gentle and kind. But also share, um, when you get in God's word, you will realize how off your ambitions are, your selfish ambitions, how that's off, how your desires are off. Um, 
And so, so my testimony now is I've lost 90% of my voice. I don't do concerts at all anymore. I cannot, I cannot. Um, because my range is so low that when I sing with the men in the choir, sometimes their notes are too high for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I tell my two verses, I'm a man in Christ. <laughs> my voice is just so, you know what? I mean, you, you would think I'm, like somebody asked me the other day, are you like crushed about that? Are you like, well, not really. I started singing seriously at 11 and I'm going to be 67. That's 55 years. Mm. I'm so grateful for the 55 years that I was able to, to minister in music. But my life is Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my voice. It's not my, what, even speaking. I mean, it's like I'm speaking more than ever, but my life is Christ. And if I have Christ, mm. I have everything. And he is the word. You know, it's, it's, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And so if we're rooted in his word, which is rooted in Christ, then, then all these things that we so love will really, like the beautiful hymn says, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So basically, you know, I wanted the world, and the Lord said no. <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, rats, you know, that's how I, that was my first one. And it was like, no, okay, fine. But I really did understand I was wrong. You know what I love about the Lord? Even if your repentance is a little bit like, that <laughs> you're yeah. not really like, not singing, oh, I used you're not seeing it like that um i really came kind of like you know what i can't deny this anymore i'm really wrong and i was almost i was almost mad that i was so wrong but i said fine lord i won't do this anymore i will let this go but i never ever thought that it's almost like right around the corner was going to be great joy it's Mm -hmm. it's all the joys (laughs) yeah but sometimes that little brave kind of i'm letting this go I got to let this bad relationship go. This man does not know the Lord. This man is not walking right with God. I know that I'm, you know, this is, I should be with him. And you think it's going to be, it's going to kill you to let him go. And you do. Oh, and it does feel like a death sometimes. I don't want to go around the corner, honey. It's joy unspeakable Mm -hmm. and full of Let go of the things of this world, no matter what they are. And, and get a hold of Christ. That's it. Oh, that's so good. Cause you know, I, I just think that we all live there. In some aspect, whether it's, you know, everybody's story is going to sound a little different, but I know that there's always things in all of our life that we struggle with wanting. It it could be wanting fame and fortune, but it also could just be wanting to meet the status quo of the people around Mm -hmm. us or to be accepted or a baby. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Or, and and whatever we feel like that is. And I, I know, you know, sometimes we could all speak into that in several ways, but there is that point of, of letting go and trusting Mm -hmm. God in that moment Mm -hmm. and seeing your sinfulness in, in it, whatever it might be. Um, and then being able to watch God in time, turn that sorrow Mm -hmm. into joy and turn that thing around, um, where you can say, you know, God is good. And he was so good in this, but you can't see it sometimes when you're standing on the front end of it, but that's why you just have to trust him because he stands, he stands in the front of it and in the middle of it and in the back end of it. And and he's down the road. And, and so therefore he's around the corner. Yeah. yeah, you got to trust him. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we can, we can all look at when we have, whether it's broken dreams or unmet goals or whatever, um, I remember praying for something so much and I remember hearing the no, 
but continuing to pray. And it got to the point where the Holy Spirit is like, honey, if you continue to pray for this, you're rebelling. And it, and it was that when I had to get to that damorous moment of, okay, I'm going to let go. I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to let go because I've been told very clearly, you know, and I did. And, but that, but under explaining to somebody what you just said, that unspeakable joy is literally more mm-hmm. miraculous and more fulfilling than you would have ever understood had you just kept on to that dream so so much and that's completely that's completely contrary to what the world teaches us as far as holding right. holding on to our dreams don't let your dreams go you know and so the great oh, think of jesus who cries on the cross my god my god you know right why has our so you talk about pain you talk about obeying his father right doing right but then he says it says in hebrews Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. But it says, it says, who for the joy before him endured. Mm-hmm. What was before him? Joy. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. saw you. He, he saw you and me saying, finally, okay, yes, God, to you. And that made him happy. And that says, and for that, and that alone, and because this is what my father want, wants me to do. But to see Ali say, it's okay, God, whatever you say is okay. And to see Dammer saying, fine, you know, instead of admiring some of these people that I mentioned before, may your heart break and may you pray for their salvation. There's nothing to admire. What, what am I admiring? Did they have millions in the bank? Are we, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And here I am admiring people because they're successful. That's just so ignorant. But it, he endured for the joy. And sometimes our walk is also a walk of enduring and mm-hmm. that we would see joy in front of us. Um, yeah. I, know, I, I know I prayed <laughs> for Allie. And, um, but the other day I was at a conference and this woman was speaking about Paul Travail as in birth pains, mm-hmm. to see Christ formed in them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, it's a little bit deep. But it, this, is, this is what I feel it, the Bible is actually saying. God wants all of us, in a sense, <laughs> to be mothers, in the sense that we are travailing to Christ be formed in the people we are trying to reach. And that's way better, way better than any kid. And I have two that I adore. <laughs> I'm telling you to see someone come to Christ. Mm. Oh my God, see yeah. Christ formed them. And that's, you know, that's all that matters. It's, there's no, there's no heartache. There's no, you know, uh, hard thing that God won't use in a sense. Oh, I have to tell you this story. I have to real quickly. My mother died December 12th, just now, four, like four months ago, five months ago, right? Yeah. Or six, I think. Now that I think of it, today is the 12th, right? It's the 12th. My mother died in 92. Guys, she had Alzheimer's for like 20 years. Mm. 20. Wow. Okay. I have two siblings, three siblings, two two sisters and a brother. All three at one time in their lives um, took care of my mom and dad, actually. My mom and dad lived with my brother for some years. My mom and dad lived the last, uh, top, the last few years they were with my older sister. And even my younger sister, who, you, who was in California some years, they went with her for a while. So they all care for my mother that way. I'm the only sibling they've never lived with. Because of my travel, and because even my, the house, my house situation going up, and they, they couldn't live with me. But I couldn't do it either. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> it's, it's, anyway, anyway. So of all the children, I'm the one that's been going, Lord, why have you not taken her home? <laughs> I said, some of you are not going to like me when you hear me saying this. Because people would say, I said, how's your mother? They go, how's your mother? I go, 
She just sits there with a little smile and looks at her. Hi, but she's alive. And I thought, I want to like hit people then, but tell me that. I want to go. I want her to go home. I want her to go home to the Lord. I don't, I think sitting her, you know, anyway. Yeah. yeah. The night she died. In the morning, I go to the nursing home. She was never in a nursing home, but the last three months, my sister's house got flooded and we're fixing it so that she was going to be there for a little bit and come back home. Three o'clock in the morning, my brother gets a phone call uh, from the nursing home to say my mother had passed. And I joined him in the nursing home and I look at my mom and I thank the Lord. I said, Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. And um, as I'm walking out of the room and going towards my car with my husband, I felt like the Lord said, was it that long, Daniels? Was it? And you know, not only the 21 years seemed like it wasn't that long, the 92 years. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's over. Her 92 years are over in a second. And I, and here's, here's the verse that I said, oh my goodness, Lord, help us, help us to, to remember this, remember this, this verse, it says here, um, um, hold on, is it 4-7? I hope it's 4-7. No, I don't think, maybe it's 2 Second Corinthians. Okay, it's the one that says, it's the, it's the verse that says, for what we're going through, because that's, there's, there's one that says, um, the verse that says, it's, it's nothing compared to the, no, but this one says this, for what we're going through is really not that difficult. <laughs> I, I almost want to go, really, Lord? Wait. <laughs> not that. And then it says this, and it will not last long. Yeah. Yeah. What? And I want to go, excuse me, Lord. And then, and then and it says, compared to the glory, the weight of glory, and then that's going to be eternal. Yeah. Right. So even, even when we think, oh, I can't take this anymore. And then when my mom went, it was like... Do you understand now that my word is really, when I say that life is a vapor, and even when you think that you can't, oh, I just can't take this anymore. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And it won't be that long. And God will help you. And, and so I really, it was a real eye-opener, and it was a real help me, Lord, that whatever difficult situation, I had a daughter that was very rebellious for eight years, and she's great now, but those eight years seemed like 800. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, but it's not. That's why, that's why we have to stay in the word of God. Yeah. Keep showing, just keep showing yeah. you. Yes, yeah. it's hard. Don't waste any of it. I don't waste any of it. Yeah, you know, I had a friend of mine, uh, probably about five or six years ago, asked me, he said, hey, Reba, um, you know the verse, teach us to number our days. Mm. And I said, yeah, I'm familiar with that verse. And he said, have you ever numbered your days? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, well, <laughs> if you live to be 70, uh, the Bible says that you've lived a long life, but let's say you live to 80. Right. I said, okay. So we subtracted, you know, I'm 55 now, so the number will have changed, but we subtracted my age from 80 and that, how many years I had left. And then we calculated that into days. And I'll never forget that aha moment when I was like, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> That it, it didn't sound like a lot of days, yeah. right? right? I mean, you know, all, all of a sudden, those days didn't sound like a lot of days. And I was like, and my friend looked at my face and he goes, I had the same reaction when I did it because he, he, he's older than I am. So he's in his 60s. And he was like, I had the same reaction. And he was like, what it reminds me of every single day is that my life is like a vapor. 
And mm -hmm. these are the days, if I live to be 80, these are the number of days I have left. And so I have to give it all I've got mm -hmm. for the Lord because he's worthy of my glory. He's that, it's that, you know, it's our sacrificial lives that we've not right. been asked to hang on a cross and die. We've been asked to lay our lives down. Right. And, the, and it sounds like a big thing, but when you count the number of days. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he got really into my business. He said, you think you're going to be doing it at the pace you're doing it right now at, in your 80s? And I said, no, I don't think that's realistic. He said. So maybe 70s from 70 on is going to be a little more harder, you think? I said, yeah. He said, so let's count the number of days to 70. Wow. Because, oh, boy. The, because he said, those are the days that you've got to go hard. Yeah. And, and I was like, and he's like, don't lose focus of that because God put you here. He's got a purpose for your life. And these are your days go hard. And he said, and if Jesus comes back, you don't have all of those. So he was like, you know, but. <laughs> But let's live like we do and go hard. And it really was a total shift in mm -hmm. thinking because there's still that element. I have time. Yeah. And, and that really, boy, that was so impactful for me to be reminded that this, mm -hmm. this is fleeting. You know, mm -hmm. um, the, the suffering that we experience build, you know, the Bible says that it builds endurance and that endurance builds patience and patience builds character and character does as we grow. What does that do? It brings mm -hmm. glory to God through our lives. So it's it's not going to be here forever. So what a great thought. Yeah. Amen. Christianity, James, the brother of Jesus, only Christianity has these has this kind of philosophy. Well, I, I should say it's not philosophy. It's how God wants us to think. Consider yeah. it pure joy. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> What's going to happen? So it's like the Lord is like, there's some glorious days. You know, there's some happy days. This yeah. person's graduating. Your, your granddaughter gets married and you get to see that, something like that. There's beautiful, sweet mm -hmm. days. You see your children get baptized and, you know, just lovely days. And thank God for those lovely days. But the Bible is telling us, but even those hard days, Consider it pure joy. Don't let anything, you know, take your joy away. Um, even when the even when God's people had come back from exile in, in the book of Nehemiah, remember when they started to hear the law and realize we've not been doing this. Oh my word, we're so far from God. Remember, it, they started to weep and they couldn't stop crying. And the very famous verse that we love to use, we, uh, sometimes people don't realize that that verse comes before it. Because Nehemiah and Ezra were saying, stop crying. Because they were so overwhelmed yeah. with how sin and how disobedient that they had to say, no, stop, stop. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So even when that, when that sorrow of repentance comes because you've been so far from God, he's right there ready to say, okay, you've repented. You realize how wrong you are. Now let my joy be your strength. Mm -hmm. I mean, how can you... How can you doubt him? How can you not want to? There's just no one that knows how ridiculous we are. Ridiculous. <laughs> I think I think that's something that you just said is so we've we've touched on it. I don't know how many times in this podcast, and I've personally shared a bunch of times just with different women, because when they when they finally feel like okay, I'm ready to repent or I'm ready to turn the corner. They feel like it's going to be such a long journey getting back to God. And they don't realize that literally, just like you've said, he's, I mean, he's right there. It's, you know, night, morning, 
around the corner, wherever. I mean, he's running up to the lattice in Song of Solomon. He's running right up to the door, ready for you to ready for you to open it. And I think that's something we need to always remember that even if we have strayed, or even if we have gone, uh, you know, gone astray, or just gone our own way for a bit, it's not a long it's not a long journey back. Mm-mm. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. And it to me, your heart comes back. I think that prodigal son, you know, I don't know how far away he was, but that moment when he said, I'm going back, I mean, boom. <laughs> and when that father saw him, it's like, and it's not, you know, well, I'm going to see if you really mean this, you know. Right. <laughs> right. No, which is the other day, I got to tell you that the other day I'm reading Solomon, right? The Because the, the, I'm now in like the, the Chronicles and Kings and all that, right? So I'm reading how, how the Lord said, what do you want? And Solomon says, I'm, I'm, I'm just a kid. I need wisdom. I don't really right. know how to lead. And you know what? The Bible says God was so pleased with his request. Yes. Here's a God that I can't get over. That he says, because you have not asked me for long life, for wealth, for, you know, whatever, fame, yeah. whatever, I'm giving all of that. And no one ever again, I mean, and I still think he's probably, the, he is the wisest man that ever lived was Solomon. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, Lord, you were so pleased with his prayer and you promised him wealth and riches and fame. And, and I want to go, why? You knew exactly what he was going to do just a few years down the road. I mean, if I were God, I would say, no, buddy, I'm not giving you anything. I, I, know I, you're I, I see where this is headed. <laughs> I, mean, I would go, no way. You know, I don't yeah. care. You know, you talk like this now, but one day you're going to turn your back on me. I mean, because that's how we are. But here's the beauty of the Lord. When Solomon asked for that, he was right with God. Right. Yeah. Oh, God sees ahead how disobedient you're going to be and how awful you're going to be. When you're right with God, he blesses you in that rightness. And he treats you as if you were, I mean, that to me, to give him that, I'm like, yeah, I cannot get over God. Because oh, God hmm. knew, because he's sovereign and he knew. And yet you're right with me right now. You're doing what pleases me. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm like, well, God, you knew, yes, but, and I'll, don't get me wrong, I'll, you know, I'll let him, I'll let you have it when you're wrong, because I'm a good father, and he chastises those who do wrong, but in this moment, when you're right, he doesn't hold that against, I would be, he's amazing, because yeah. I don't know, God knows the future, but right now, you are desiring God's help, you're saying, Lord, help me, these are your people, I'm a kid, I don't know what to do, and God says, that's it, I, I love this kid so much, and what he's asking me for, that here's what I'm going to do, I mean, you cannot, just, how can you not serve this incredible, wonderful God, who not only did that for Solomon, but gave us his son, laid it all, I mean, just so yeah. that I could be right, and spend the rest of my life with him one day in glory, and this is over real soon, so, yeah, let's, Hey, let's do what he's asking us to do. And even here, because to me, that verse that John, I mean, that Psalm 1, it's those that, that obey me like this here. I feel here they're right. going to be like, ah, that's not just heaven. That's here. You right. Know, you've got a strong tree that gives fruit. And that's what I want. That's what I want. Maybe I'll right. spend I'll have a little fruit by the time I'm 80. <laughs> no, hey, listen, well, what's been so incredible about your journey? And, and you've got it, because I know there's people out there that are like, okay, how, how did you get from, you know, singing back up for Barry Manilow to Lord's convicting your heart about things 
to turning all of that and stepping into ministry? How did, how did that, how did the Lord take you there? When I was in Argentina, what happened to me in Argentina, I was in a church pastor, someone did a small pastor's conference, about 200 pastors and and um, in Tucumán, it's a, actually, I used to call it a small city because I'm dumb. I didn't know. Tucumán is not a small city in Argentina. Tucumán is basically the Philadelphia of, of Argentina. It's where, it's where uh, their independence was declared. It's a big city. Okay. So in that city, I was in a church. And one of, one of the evenings when Pastor Simbola was preaching, when it was all over, People just spent time praying. It was very sweet and calm. And just people were just in God's presence. And people didn't want to leave God's presence. It was, they had a prayer time. And, and uh, I, remember, I remember kind of feeling like, okay, so are we dismissed yet? You know, like, <laughs> 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 well, they had asked us to pray for different couples that were actually going to go out and start planning churches. And, and, um, and we prayed for the, the couple, the first, it was like six couples, and they prayed for the first one. And the pastor and his wife knelt down and prayed. Ali and Reba, that man prayed like that was their son and daughter, and they were going to Siberia, and they were never going to see them again. Mm. So, not that it was hysterical, but it was so heartfelt, and so God help them. God, you know, give them wisdom. God, give them you know, stamina, help them, Lord, be there, everything, provide what they need, or it was just, and the man didn't run out of words, like, I'm, I'm trying now, and I can't even keep going, it was like, you know, the Holy Spirit, like it says, when we don't know how to pray, he helps us, yeah. so prayer went, like, for, I, I want to say, minutes, five, four, five, six, seven minutes, one, the first couple, yeah. so I'm, and I'm standing behind, you know, this gentleman, because all the visitors from, from the States were like, we were like standing, just kind of, just, you know, being there as support. And I'm serious. It's, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but as the prayer kept going, I was like, wow, you know, wow, can this man pray? But actually my real thoughts were, okay, he prayed that long for this couple. And there's like six more couples to go. And this was, this was like a thing. I said, we're never getting at that. Right. <laughs> that, that's where I was. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> when they went to like the next couple, um, I felt, the Lord kind of tapped me literally like this, almost like Damaris. So that's how the Lord speaks to me, just Damaris. I was like, yes, he goes, where are you going? <laughs> you have plans for tonight? <laughs> the hotel we were at, my, my bed, it wasn't even a twin alley. I don't know what this was. <laughs> the, shower, the shower was so like, it's a little box. It was almost like an mm -hmm. outhouse. Right? <laughs> We've been there. And there was not even a phone in my room. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and the fellowship we had was the pastors would take us to a nice little restaurant, whatever. But it was not like I was going to go walking that night, you know, like Paris and see, you know. So it's like, do you have plans for tonight? And I was like, oh boy. And because uh, I, I started to feel convicted. And this is what the Lord says You are in my presence right now, and you don't even want to be here. Mm. And then I realized, and then I looked. And I realized these people really love God. Reba, that's the first, that's the first thing I really noticed about my condition. They have nothing. And it wasn't their poverty that got to me. But I have seen poverty. You see poverty, plenty of poverty, even here in the United States. You see poverty everywhere. You know, so it's not their poverty that got me. What got me 
was because, in a sense, because they had nothing, Christ was everything. Mm. Yeah. I remember I started to weep and repent. I said, God, I I am so sorry. And that's when he said, that's the problem, Damaris. You believe in me. You revere me. You know I'm real. You know I can take you out. You have a certain amount of fear and reverence. That's all good. But the problem is they love me. You don't. Mm. Well, literally, I, I started to wail. As a matter of fact, I remember thinking, I hope they don't think something's wrong. I'm like, oh. I didn't say I'm sorry real loud because I thought they don't think I'm nuts. So um, but that's really what I wanted to do. You know, God, Ben, you know, so I wanted to just scream. But in that moment of just feeling so really, truly repentant, what interrupted my crying and my, you know, I heard my name, Hermana Damaris. And I was like, oh, you know, like literally, I was like, and it was that pastor. And he goes, por favor, ore por esta pareja ahora. He asked me to pray for the next couple. From going from, from oh, we're never getting out of here, to would you pray? Mm. I guess. I guess they thought my crying out was like that I so wanted to pray for them. <laughs> I know that I was just like, I mean, but you talk about what Ali just said in a moment. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, it's not like I have to wait six months to have a burden for this couple. Yeah. In a moment, I was weeping and asking God. As a matter of fact, when I finished praying for that couple, I wanted to turn around and go, who else can I pray for? <laughs> <laughs> For Argentina, Tucumán, Buenos Aires. It was just like, in that moment, God is so incredible. Because I went from literally like a spoiled brat. Like, you know, I'm never right. getting out of this service. To, oh God, these people love you. And I don't, I want to love you like they love you. And in that moment of true repentance, he not only, he not only let me understand that. I, he put a love for me for them. Yeah. Like the Lord, like the little song that are, are using, who is like the Lord? And they go, nobody. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so, but it's, it's the truth. Who is like the Lord? Nobody. Yeah. Who doesn't say, no, I'll wait and see if you really mean this, then I'll use you. No. Yeah. No. I'm not talking about leadership in a sense of, yes, you do have to prove yourself in a sense. But when your heart is right with God, God says, come here. Come here, honey. Let's, 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 let's move. Let's begin doing what, what I made you for. He's a good yeah. God. Yeah. He is good. Yeah, and that's, I think that's encouraging words. I, 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 I know there's somebody out there listening right now who thinks that because of where they're at, they don't have a future. And right. to know that, yes, you do have a future. Uh, in fact, your future is just seconds away if you can turn to the Lord. But, you know, we have this enemy that sits on our shoulder and gives us 95 reasons why God won't take us, won't accept us, won't be happy with us if we turn back to him. And he's going to cross his arms in judgment. And, um, you know, and, and he's a liar. You know, he's yeah. just a liar. And there's just so many evidences in scripture, um, you know, mm -hmm. and in our own personal lives of watching God. I think Peter is one of my favorites as this guy who, if we had formed a committee, here in the U.S., Peter would have been out. I mean, he denied yeah. Christ three times at the fire. The evidence is, is, is hardcore. He's gone. He's never going to, whatever potential he did have is, is no longer, and he can now, like, serve doing something else, but he's not going to lead the church, right? And then there's this, there's this moment on a, on a seashore with some fish, and Peter's diving off the boat to run, to just to swim and get to Christ as fast as he can. 
And there's this cool verse in Mark where, where it's an accounting of, of who Jesus met after resurrection. And it says, and he first appeared to Cephas. And we don't know what that meeting was like with Peter and Jesus, but I just have to believe that in that meeting, Jesus said, Peter, it's going to be all right. Yeah. I told yeah. you, I told you it was going to happen. I prayed for you and that, that you would not, that the devil wouldn't have his way with you. And now we got a lot, we got a job to do. So, Hey, do you love me? You know? Okay. If you do, then let's go do, let's go, let's get busy. And I just think what a great reminder every single time we, we turn around to think, you know, wherever you're standing at right now, God is asking that same question to all of us. Do you love me? Well, if you do, then, then let's get serious. Yep. Yep. And that's it. And that's really what he asks is people in the ultimate. And that's still, this is, this is what God wants. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, wish, I wish the readers could see what I see. Cause right now in the, in the zoom meeting, it's Reba is above me and Damaris is, and they're both just preaching. And it's funny because they're both just <laughs> preaching really at me. And I'm just like, yeah, amen. Amen. And Reba's <laughs> waiting for me to step in with a question. And I was just like, no, amen. That's awesome. And um, so it's really, it's a blessing, number one, to continually. And I think that any time that we're together, and I hope that the, the people who are listening, and we've talked to you about this before, is find somebody who you can sit and talk about the Bible with. Find somebody who, who can ask you the questions, who can, who can talk to you. And you can talk to them and you guys have such joy about what you're learning. And so, you know, I want to pause and just say, if you, you don't have this type of relationship where you can just sit and talk with a friend about, here's what I read in the Bible and here's what's awesome, or here's my testimony, here's where I had to build an altar, you know, to remind me where God stepped in. Um, it's such a blessing. Well, I just have to tell you that this podcast was such a great interview with Damaris that it went a long time. So we actually decided to break it up into two separate podcasts. So don't miss our second part of this interview with Damaris Carbaugh in our next podcast. Um, as Ali was saying, it was just a great time of community. It was a great time of fellowship. And we hope that you do have that with somebody, uh, somebody that's important in your life that you can discuss just the great truths of the Bible with. So until next time, join us on this podcast, get with a friend, have some coffee, and have a conversation about what God's doing in your life. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.